You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Contextually, if you'll notice, a woman who was considered a Canaanite had journeyed to see Jesus. And it's important to understand that based upon the text, uh, Jesus recognized that the woman was not Jewish. A Canaanite was a Gentile. But the woman came according to the text on behalf of her daughter. She wanted mercy or help for her daughter. And she knew, like we should know, that Jesus can help you. Right. Woo, I, I, I said she, she knew like we know Jesus can help you. I don't know if you were listening to uh, the prayer by Elder Leakes, but Elder Leakes mentioned how the mercies of God are new every single day. Say to your neighbor, no matter what you go through, there's not a day that goes by that God does not have mercy for you. And get this, mercy equates help. That means God will help you every day. Every day. If you don't ask him for it, that's, that's on you. But you need to understand that he has mercy or help available for you every day day and how many know there is nothing too hard for God so it does not matter what you need help in the Lord is able to help you I like how Paul said it. he said he will do a seating abundantly above all that you ask or think that means God can help you no matter what the issue is no matter what the situation is he can help you he can do for you what needs to be done if you believe that, give God a hand and say, I know he can help me. God can do what your doctor can't do, your mama can't do, your daddy can't do, your cousin can't do, your preacher can't do. We like to say God can do anything save what? God can do anything save what? Why can't he fail? There is no failure in God. Did you hear me? There is. That means if God helped you, it's going to work out. But it's going to work out his way. And so she came for mercy or help. And based upon what she had saw from her daughter, the characteristics of her daughter, 
she considered her daughter demon-possessed. Matter of fact, the text refers to her saying that she was severely or greatly demon-possessed. And, and I need to deal with this just for a minute. Uh, or deal with being demon-possessed. Because some folk think that when a person is demon-possessed, it just means that that, that person is uh, just rolling in the floor, talking with a deep voice, uh, you know, like something in a horror or scary movie. But I want to show you biblically just a few things or a couple of things about being demon-possessed before we go on. Let's start in the book of Luke, chapter 4. The book of Luke, chapter 4. And uh, before I read it, understand this. When a person is demon-possessed, Primarily, the person is acting out of his or her normal character. Their character has changed. They're not acting like they normally act. Everybody understand that? And just depending on what type demon has possessed them, that's how they're going to act. That's very important. Just depending on what type demon has what? That's how they're going to what? Okay. So let's consider Luke, Luke the fourth chapter. Y'all there? We'll start at verse 33. Luke 4, 33. Now in the synagogue... We would say church. There was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. There he is in the church with a demon. And notice the demon is what? And he cried out with what? So that's one trait we know about a demon that's unclean. That demon is going to what? Cry out. Saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus? Of Nazareth, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Now, notice the second characteristic a demon can actually discern who somebody is. This is a demon. A demon can actually discern who somebody is. That's not just a Christian trait. So, don't you get impressed just because you got somebody. They told you to bring them a turkey. They told you what's going on with you. Because that can be demonic. Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet. Come out of him. And when the demon had, notice, thrown him in their midst. It came out of him and did not hurt him. Now notice, a demon can, can actually get physical. Or this, 
unclean spirit got physical with the person. Started throwing the person. But notice the demon did not, did not hurt the person. Verse 36. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. A spirit can be cast out with what? The word. You ain't got to lay no hands on them. You ain't got to pull a bucket of oil on them. All you got to do is speak the word and tell that spirit to come what? Out. So you see this unclean spirit is loud. But also can discern. You see that? All right. Let's go to uh, Acts. Acts chapter 16. And we'll start at verse 16. Acts chapter 16. We'll start at verse 16. Ready? Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of, help me, met us who brought her master's much profit by what? So here we got a demon that's in a slave girl. And you have people that are actually using the demon that is in the slave girl to profit. You see that? Because it was a spirit of divination. In other words, she could tell certain things that were going on with a person, even to the point of identifying uh, who the person of persons were. Spirit of divination. So notice, uh, the girl followed, verse 17, the girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. You know, just, just basically what she said was seemingly okay because she was telling what? The truth. Do y'all see that? Was she lying on Paul, Luke, and, and their company? Now, this is Luke talking about it. Notice again, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. I know who God is and know who uh, Paul, Luke, and others were at the time, who proclaimed to us the way of what? Was that what Paul was doing? This particular demon knows your assignment or knows a person's assignment. That's the trait. And there are demons that know what you're supposed to be doing. There are demons that know what you are supposed to be doing. And remember now, a demon comes steal, kill, and destroy, so they're going to try to stop you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. But notice, this demon, unlike the demon in Luke 4, 
It's not getting physical. Not doing any of that. Just, just as normal. Only thing, just, just why Paul and them trying to do ministry, this demon trying to show out. Get loud while they, while they minister. That's the only thing. Paul and them trying to minister. And, and so here this girl is, this demon using this girl to get loud, to get some attention. And Paul got tired of her trying to get, or this demon trying to get attention while they were ministering. Notice what happens. And this, verse 18, and this she did, notice, for many what? And Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to who? Of the demon. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And notice, it was a male demon. And help me, he came out that very hour. Verse 19. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone because that demon was making them money. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. A demon can be wild, but a demon can be calm. A demon can know your assignment. A demon can annoy you. Get on your last nerve. Now the last one I'm going to talk about, I'm not going there, but when Jesus and the disciples were having supper, what is primarily known as the Last Supper, the Bible says that uh, Satan entered into the heart of Judas Iscariot. Now, now when he entered into his heart, Jesus said, go do what you have to do or go fulfill your assignment. Because Judas had chose to allow instead of waiting for the promise to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And so Satan filled him. He got up from the table, didn't cuss nobody out. He got up from the table and just went and talked about Jesus and agreed to doing some evil in order uh, to cause Jesus to eventually go to trial be sentenced to death, and so forth. So he did something, but he, he was normal. But it was a demon. So see, somebody can be very normal, but demon-possessed. Then sometimes you, you can see a person just all on the floor doing She got a demon. But see, we have to be smart enough to know that just a person that, that can be just as calm, but still be demon-possessed. And if a demon knows your assignment, the demon will try to get you from fulfilling your assignment. 
I'm going to get her to do something crazy so she can't fulfill her assignment on the praise team. And so the demon will have you go do something crazy. And you knowing that if you do it, you can't, you can't operate in holiness. And so the demon has fulfilled his assignment. I got her to do something wrong, and everybody knows she did something wrong, so now she can't fulfill her assignment on the praise team. Or he, she, or whoever. Don't think demons are just spirits that cast folks everywhere, come out with a loud voice. You've been watching too much TV. You got to know that, that a demon can be somebody intelligent, calm, but it's still about stealing, killing, and destroying. The woman knew that, that her, her daughter was severely demon-possessed. And she wanted help from Jesus. And so when she, when she came to Jesus, Jesus initially put the silent treatment on he did her just like he do us sometimes. Sometimes we pray and, and, and the Lord does not respond initially. How many know what I'm talking about? You ask God for something and he does not respond to you initially. Now you can get an attitude and, and think because he didn't say nothing to you that it means no. Just because he does not say something when you want him to say something does not mean that he's being impolite, rude, or he does not want to help you. He's just being himself. God does things on his. Say that somebody. When, when you pray, and you don't get an answer right away, that does not mean God is saying no. That does not mean he's being rude or impolite. And so she, she went to the disciples and, and she was crying out. Now, the, the disciples got to the point to where they got frustrated seemingly with the woman. And these grown men went to Jesus and said, Jesus, you need to tell her to go. Send her away. Because she keep crying after us. Now see, at this time it's evident that, that the disciples had not taken on the traits of Jesus the way they needed to. If they seen Jesus just be silent, they should have just been. 
One thing you got to understand about having a leader, that there are certain traits of a leader that you need to take on. If you got a leader that's not messy, why are you being messy? See, see, you got to grow out of yourself and take on divine traits. Jesus said it another way. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. And he didn't stop right there. He said, take up your cross. He wanted them to understand it's going to take you bearing the cross in order to follow me. You're going to go through some suffering in order to follow me. You're going to go through something you don't like or something you don't completely agree with if you're going to follow me. Following somebody is not always easy, but it's essential and significant. I said following somebody is not always easy, but it is essential and significant if you're going to prosper. You have to have an example in this world in order to prosper. You never need to have the attitude, I don't need nobody but me. No, you, you, you ain't lived long enough. You're going to need some help. You're going to need some help in this. I don't need nobody but Jesus. No, you're going to need more than Jesus. You're going to need folk who Jesus tell you to connect with. That's the way he set up the earth. I said, that's the way he set up the earth. You're going to need somebody. And so they said, Lord, send no way. Jesus didn't even respond to what they said. But he, but he did, after being silent for a moment, address the woman. He addressed her. He said, I, I am not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. Now understand something. This is very important. Jesus when he was on earth, was 100% man and 100% God. Because see, some folks take a statement like this when Jesus told her, I am just sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Folks who have gone astray from the law or the will of God. When he made that statement, as a Jew coming from the lineage of Abraham, David, and so forth, he knew that his responsibility as a Jewish man and as Savior was to go to Israel, this is Jesus the man, and get them to repent. And when he first came, you see him doing that. 
But eventually, he, re- he revealed also his assignment as Jesus, the God-man. He revealed that in John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you have to look at him trying to fulfill his assignment as Jesus, a Jew, the man, making sure that he addresses Israel, but then Jesus, Emmanuel, God, had to die so we, are Gentiles, could receive salvation. Because you have crazy folks that say, if you read certain scriptures, you'll know Jesus didn't come to save everybody, just the Jews. But not if you write to divide the word. If you write to divide the word, you understand the reason he had to come through 42 generations and be deemed of the lineage of Abraham and David. He came for the Jew, but you also have to understand because God also calls him to come into being as a person. He came to fulfill God's assignment, which was to save everybody. That's the reason the Bible tells us there is only one name that has been given whereby everybody, Jew and Gentile, can be saved. Will you shout that name to somebody? That's the reason we tell people can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do us like Jesus. Say that to somebody real quick. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do us like Jesus. He came to redeem the world. Everybody. That's why he came. And and so when, when he tells her that. It's as if. He was saying to her. Because you are Gentile. As the man Jesus. I can't help. But the woman knew he was more than just a man that came to redeem Israel. Because notice, she calls him Lord or Kyrios, the Greek word, Lord, help me. You are Emmanuel. You are God in flesh. Help me. Now now Jesus hangs on to what he told her. That he he was just sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because notice he, he holds on to it. By the words that he speaks to her, he, he tells her, it is not good to take food from the master's table. 
and to throw it to little dogs is not good to do that. And by this time, she done fell at his feet. And she's worshiping him. At his feet, worshiping him. And he tells her, her, her something that in one sense is a put down. You're not worthy to get what comes from the table. You could look at it like that. Now, now, if some of us would have been there, he, he would have said that. We, we would have had some, some not so kind words for Jesus. <laughs> See, look how sanctified you're looking now. It, it, folk can't just say anything to you and you not go off. I know you saved. I know you got the Holy Ghost and all that. But let me just ask you something. Have somebody ever said something to you that you took personal and you had to give them what we used to say, two cents of of your mind, what was going on in your mind? How many have ever done that since you've been saved? You saved, but when they said certain things, you had to say something. And get this, we even do that to our loved ones. Yeah, you call her honey, boo, baby, and all that, but when she made you mad, the same one you call boo, baby, and all that, you went off on her. Oh, don't look like that, sister. You done went off on your husband when he said certain things. And some of you, as close as you is to certain folk, when they cross the line, you let them know how you felt about what they said. Say to your neighbor, if it be true, he telling the truth. And so he told her it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And this is very important. At this time again, she was down worshiping him. And so when he threw that particular thing at her, it's important to understand that when it comes to some parables some archaic sayings biblically and traditionally speaking certain things whether it be fruit animals or other things are used in order to convey a message and that's basically what Jesus was doing to her. He was not trying to insult the woman with her worship. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't insult you and you're really seeking him for help. It, it was not, that was not what he was 
he was doing. But see, Jesus knew in one sense there were certain Jews that actually called Gentiles dogs. But in another sense, there were actually Jews that understood when God came for salvation. That the salvation was, was initially for the Jews, but then the Gentiles. I'm going to give you some scripture. In the book of Romans, the first chapter, uh, the 16th verse and following. When, when, when Paul talked about the salvation of, of God, he talked about it's for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, but also the Gentile. He points out the order of things. And when Jesus talked about it's not good to take from the children's, Take the children's bread and give it to the little dog. Figuratively, he knew she was worshiping, but he wanted her to have the understanding that he meant what he said concerning his first assignment. But then she turns around, and this is what she says to him based upon his statement. Yes, are true. She was in complete agreement with him saying true. But then she turned around and put a parable or saying on the master. She said, but even the little dogs receives the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And so she was saying to Jesus, I understand that I am not a Jew and who you came for first. But I also recognize that your God and you came in order for me, a Gentile, to be engrafted in to save me too. Not me initially, but because of your assignment, you have to include me. Now, understand something. And, and so, when, when she said that, Jesus identified what she said as Great, get this, faith. Y'all holding on? Faith comes by? And hearing the what? He recognized, this woman knows the word. This woman knows my assignment. This woman knows that even though I said this to her, that she still has a right because I'm not only Jesus the man, but I'm Jesus God in flesh. Because get this, some folks, after they feel that somebody has said something that was rude, will get upset and just walk away. 
But she was mature enough to recognize that even though some of his people, the Jews, looked at the Gentiles as dogs, that the statement that he made can be yes or true when a person understands that yes, I may not be first in line, but I'll just take the crumbs. Say to your neighbor, I may not get the first, but I'll take the crumbs. I know she got that nice car. I don't have to have a car that nice because I'm just now coming in. But if he just give me just a little crumb, I won't despise small beginnings. I'll just take the crumb. Say to your neighbor, I ain't got to have the whole loaf. All I need is that back end or that front end. I'll just take the crumbs. I'll take a little bit because I know if I'm faithful over little, he'll turn around and make me ruler over much. Oh, somebody in here know what I'm talking about now. Tell somebody I'll take the crumbs. It may not be as much as you got in your pocket, but if I be faithful over the crumbs that he has blessed me with, there is more coming. I'm soon going to be looking at Luke 6 and 38, the good press, shaken, and running. But for now, I'll take the crumbs. Oh, tell somebody one more time, for now, I'll take the crumbs. You have to see in the text a woman that's so hungry. For what God can do to where she doesn't have a problem with her position. Yeah. I can be down here and when the crumbs come I'll take them. Jesus was not being rude to the woman. He was just letting her know this is my assignment. I gotta go to the Jews first. And she was like yeah I understand that but you're more than just a man. You came for more than just your people. You came for the Gentiles. And this is very important because that's the reason you have religions that that do not recognize Jesus as God in flesh. You have the Muslims, they'll say Jesus was a prophet, but they won't dare utter out of their mouth that Jesus is God. You have different sects that are rising up that are trying to get black men and black women to come their way and telling them that look Jesus was just a prophet. He wasn't no God in flesh but when you understand like the woman in the text understood a Canaanite which in one sense is referred to historical as a woman of color understood that yeah I may not be first in line but I didn't come to you I didn't come I didn't come this far believe empty say to your neighbor I didn't come to Jesus 
to leave empty. I didn't come to Jesus to leave empty. Matter of fact, tell him I don't come to no service to leave empty. I may not get the whole loaf when I come to a service, but I'll take the crumbs. I said I'll take the crumbs. Get this. When she said it, he called what came out of her mouth great. Great is your faith. She identified with the teachings of Jesus. Jesus' disciples didn't understand faith the way they needed to. So, So one day, after seeing Jesus do great things by faith, they asked him to increase their faith. And so he basically taught them what the woman already Increase our faith. Jesus said, look, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seed is so small to, well, if if I had it just like this, you can be right next to me and you still couldn't see it. You still couldn't see it. It's that small. You could be right up here on stage, and, and if I got it in between these two fingers, you, you'll be trying to look for it, and you can't. You can't see it. But when you do right by that little mustard seed, when you fertilize it right, when you put water to it, when you allow that sun to hit it, It ain't going to stay under them two little fingers. Them two little fingers got to get out the way. Them two little fingers got got to spread. Then then the mustard seed ain't only going to come out of them two little fingers. The mustard seed is going to outgrow the hand, outgrow the body of the person with the hand, and going to outgrow trees that have been growing for years. The woman knew the significance of faith and she put faith into action. And Jesus called what she did as great. Some people are never satisfied until they get the big thing. That'll do for now. <laughs> oh, so you ain't happy with that? Well, it ain't really what I want, but it'll, it'll do. You're despising your small beginning. <laughs> yeah, 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 these, these shoes I got on, they, they, they all right. But, but I really want some shoes like them what pastor got on. And ain't nothing wrong with saying that because these are some nice shoes. 
but I ain't always been able to hold my shoes up and say they was not his shoes. I had to take the crumbs. Lord, I'm going to polish these until you, 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 you do something else. But for now, I'll just take. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, I got an ultimate goal in life. But I know I, I, I got to grow into that. I, I, but I, right now, I'll just take. I want to be able to bless folk everywhere I go, but right now it's hard for me to even be blessed. But, but, but that's okay. I'm just going to be satisfied with the crumbs for right now. Say to your neighbor, I'm just going to be satisfied where I am right now. That don't mean I'm going to stop where I am right now. I'm just going to take the crumbs for right now. I got to close it, but tell your neighbor and crumbs lead to miracles. Ooh, tell them crumbs lead. When he taught, when she told him basically, I'll take the crumbs and talked about how great her faith was. He then decreed the miraculous upon her because she was satisfied with a little. All she wanted was a little. She knew God was good. All she wanted was a little. And the scripture says that in that hour her daughter was well. In that hour, she received her miracle when she was willing to accept the crumbs. Don't ever get to the point to where your britches get too big, brother. That boy britches ain't got too big. You got to start somewhere. And don't look at a finished product and, and just by what you see, say that's what you want. Because there are some finished products that, that, that you look at it as if that product has always been like that. No, it took something to get that finished. I said it took something to get that finish. I got I to I gotta tell you something that happened in scripture. With these two sons of Zebedee. They recognized that Jesus was God. And so instead of them being like the woman just Wanting whatever Jesus had, taking the crumbs. They had the audacity to go to their mom. Won't folk go to their mom? Ain't nothing wrong with you going to your mama, but Lord have mercy. I just, I, I just have a little problem when grown men just like to go to their mom and get them to just 
petition on their behalf. Get mad at me, but I'm just telling you, telling you the truth. And, and so they went to their mama. They said, look, mama, um, you know he chose 12 of us. And mama, to be honest with you, I think me and your other son, we, we should be on the sides of Jesus. But I believe he'll listen to a woman. You mind going to him? And, and why is it women that there's some women to do anything for their? Them women wouldn't even help me finish that. They know I'm telling the truth, L. They know I'm telling, but they wouldn't even help me. Is some women that would do anything for their? That boy 50 years old, but you still treat him like he's 12. But let me go on with my story. Y'all disappointed me, women. I done, I done praised you, talked about how good you look in them hats. And you didn't want to come clean. But. And so anyway, she went to him, but they were right there with her. And, and probably looking just as humble and just everything else. And uh, so she told him, she said, look, I, I'd like for one of my sons to be on, on your right and the other son to be on your left. And so, and so Jesus said, you believe you're able? You able to do this? Trying to see if they had humility or pride. And sadly, at the time, they still had pride. Yeah, Lord, we... We're able to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I can take that right. Me too, Lord. I can get that left too. I'll get that left. He'll get that. Because what they were saying is eventually they want his, his place. Because see, the person on the right and the left eventually will take over the primary position. And so Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you're asking for. See, sometimes you, you, you can want something before it's time. That's the reason you got to be just like the woman. Just take the little. And let God cause the increase to come forth. You may feel one way, but God just wants you to be humble to the point to where you'll say, Lord, I'll just take the crumbs. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.